Oh, man, this is really living. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, January 25th, 9.28 a.m., and I'm heading into work. Hey! Yesterday, the fewest number of reported cases, if you take out Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day, which obviously those days you're not going to get a lot of reported cases, it was the fewest number, if you take those two days out, of new coronavirus carrier cases since November 9th. Seems like that statement by the WHO is starting to take effect in terms of not just calling every positive test a confirmed case. Just in time, uh, Joe Biden said, there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic after promising for almost a year to do that very thing and blaming the previous administration for not doing everything they could. He also said that there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic after saying that 100 days of masking would do that. That's your president, everybody. Signing an executive order telling the people to wear a mask for a hundred days because that'll stop the pandemic it'll slow it down that'll save lives even though there's nothing no scientific data to support the fact that masks save lives masks limit spew it's not that's about all they do so uh, as we're seeing the pandemic start to starting around around the curve, I think, because we've had the lowest reported number of cases in a week for, the, for at least two months this past week. This last seven-day average, um, it's going down, which is a great thing. Hospitalizations are going down in the country, which is a great thing. And what's funny is that all these states that have been keeping themselves closed forever, Washington, D.C., for example, reopened indoor dining, even though they just recorded their highest number of deaths in a single day. Trust the science. Trust the data. Science says that when you see the highest number of deaths from COVID, you reopen restaurants. Didn't you know that, idiot? Also, the one of the largest, I think it was the fifth largest school district in the country, something like that, in uh, Nevada? I think it's Nevada. I might be wrong. Maybe it's New Mexico. Maybe it's, I think it's like the Las Vegas area. They decided that they had to return to in-person learning, not because the science told them that. Because there was a surge in student suicides. Who could have seen that happen? Who could have foreseen such a horrible thing? Oh, that's right. We've been talking about it. Been talking about this for months. Those lives snuffed out. How many years lost? And it's not to belittle death. Death is a horrible thing. But there is a difference when an 87 year old person who's lived their entire life has had children, grandchildren, and gotten to see them grow up and gotten to experience life dies from a virus. Statistically speaking, they may have only had another 12 months to live to begin with. Then when a 14-year-old decides to commit suicide because he hasn't seen his friends in a year, 
everything is risk management. If you're unwilling to take a risk, then stay in your home. But the fact that we are grasping at straws trying to stop something that cannot be stopped, and in the meantime, we are causing death. Death is a part of life, but our decision to stay closed and the teachers' unions in this country, their decision to stay closed is killing children. If someone challenging the election results is guilty of murder because of my guilt by association of what happened at the Capitol, then how much more so are people who are advocates of keeping kids out of school for a year until they feel safe? Are they guilty of murder because these kids have lost their life? Because this is all they know. We've taken away everything they know and understand. It's different for me. I'm 37 years old. I'm going about, I'm still working. I'm finding ways to cope. It's different. But when you're a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old and your life is your friends and going to school, that's all you know. And you take that away and there is nothing other than a screen to look at. for a virus that will most likely not kill them and most likely they won't spread it especially elementary age kids what are we doing we're going to look back at this last year and it will be the greatest mismanagement of anything in the history of our country all for what political brownie points so that we could get one guy out of office and then the next guy could come in do exactly the same things that the previous president did take credit for it and then be able to stand there and see the death counts continue to go up. Be able to say things like, we can't do anything to change the trajectory of the pandemic. Yeah, it's very convenient because it's starting to go down before you went and got into office. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 27th. And it's 8.49 a.m. heading into work. I uh, did some math this morning. Today, or yesterday, there were even fewer coronavirus cases than the day before. Typically, the downward, the cases drop off with the reporting of Sunday and Monday, because that's from over the weekend. Usually, Tuesday, there's a big bump. They went down. Um, <clears throat> there were... I want to say 30,000 fewer cases yesterday than there were last week at the same day. We also went, as I mentioned before, from 249,000 seven-day average two weeks ago. Last week, it was a 207,000 daily average, and then it was 170,000 daily average. And based on yet today, or yesterday being 140,000, we'll see what happens the rest of the week. I wouldn't be surprised if it drops to an average of 150,000 cases or something even lower. Which leads me to my point about all the discussion of new variants. The last thing that people who are pushing the vaccine want is for the virus to drop off. Because as cases go down, people's anxiety wanes. People's fear dissipates. When they see that we're at half the daily cases that we were a few weeks ago, when we were reporting almost 300,000 a day, and now we have 140,000 in a day on a, on a Tuesday. People
people are going to start saying, oh, wow, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. So they have to find ways around that. So they talk about new variants. New variants. What's funny about new variants is, correct me if I'm wrong, but most, if not all, viruses struggle to survive over long periods of time. I'm not a scientist, but I've read a lot of scientists and their input, probably more so than the news anchors that you listen to and trust. I've read so many studies, like actual studies, not the article commenting on the study. I've actually gone into the study and reviewed it, looked at the numbers, looked at the actual information. And what you find oftentimes is when an article is citing a study, they frame it and they spin it because they have a, they have a narrative they want to create. And you'll find if you read the study, most times what they're saying in the article about the study isn't actually what the study is conducing. So that's an important note for you. Um, but most viruses, if not all, we knew this months ago. We've known this for months. And I'll put a pin in that because there's also other things we've known for months that everyone's just getting on board with. The problem is, is that people are so protective of their beliefs and what they've been told that they can't allow new facts, new data, to crack that armor. But anyway, we've known for months now, I've known at least from actual scientists, that when a virus mutates to become more contagious, it will mutate to get around the restrictions. Because if it, if it becomes harder for a virus to spread, then it dies. So viruses are living organisms or their organisms, I don't know how you would classify if they're alive or not, you know, I don't know all that stuff. But they adapt. They adapt to survive, just like we do as human beings. Um, so, the virus will change its structure, it'll become more contagious, but in doing that, in adapting in that way, most of the time, I don't, can't think of a single case where it's not this way, Especially one that's been in a population like this. I'm not talking about when it's mutating from animal to human, to human to human transmission, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about when the virus is spreading in the toasts. When it mutates, it becomes generally less virulent. That's what doctors and scientists say. I'm not talking about what the highest paid government employee, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, that's right. He was the highest paid government employee in 2019. And... Uh, more so than the president gets paid. Uh, he also invested in research in the Wuhan lab with game of function tests with viruses, coronaviruses specifically, so you might want to look into that. All of you people who trust Dr. Fauci implicitly. Um, what was my point? Oh, they need to talk about new variants to keep people afraid of the virus so they get the vaccine even if the numbers don't show that they are in danger. They need to ensure that people are getting vaccinated into the summer. But the way the virus numbers are trending right now, I mean, we dropped 33% new cases in two weeks. What if it drops again? What if it drops again? What if it keeps dropping? You know, like the cold and flu season ends in February or March. What if we get back down to 10,000 cases or 25,000 even? 25,000 cases now would look a lot different than it did back in June 
or back in April when that was the number we saw and that was a high number. Now that we've gotten up to 300,000 cases and the CDC estimates that it's anywhere from eight to 10 times more than that based on the day and based on what they're trying to tell you, <laughs> they change their, what their estimate is. Once you get to that point, if we got down to 25,000 cases, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's like a 95% decline. We're fine, which is bad news for vaccine distribution. So they need to say, oh, well, you need, there might be new variants, so you got to get vaccinated regardless of what's going on because the new variants. That's why they were quick to say, oh, the vaccines work for the new variants, even though most people have said with coronaviruses, it's, in, it's very difficult to create a vaccine because they are constantly mutating. With influenza virus, it's the same thing. That's why you have to get a different flu vaccine every year because they are constantly changing and the efficacy is minimal. So, with that in mind, the CDC yesterday, or Tuesday, released a study saying that in-person learning is results in scant transmission, that's what it, how it described it, of COVID-19, much lower than community spread. So, the argument for keeping kids out of school continues to, to get attacked and continues to have holes poked in it. All the while, we're seeing an increase in child suicides, which is so discouraging and disheartening. And you have teachers and teachers unions still insisting on not returning to work. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's very disheartening because for months, the stuff that is now being talked about because Joe Biden's in office, I've known about this virus because I actually did research because I don't trust the news on the right or the left and it gets so tiresome to say something to see people get deleted or blocked or demonetized or deplatformed for saying something and then months after the fact the three letter organizations confirm what those people were saying but there's no recompense. Most people don't get re-platformed. They don't get accolades for being right before everybody else. They're silenced. Which is the problem with silencing dissent. All of you out there who are cheering on big tech censorship and the silencing of conservative news outlets, you know, the ones that said that there was an issue with Hunter Biden's laptop and the and the big tech said, nothing to see here. And then lo and behold, yeah, actually he is under FBI investigation. The news is there to inform the public of what is happening, not what they want the public to know. That is the, the, the object of what news is. And if they are controlling the narrative and silencing voices they disagree with, and they'll, they'll say the, the disinformation word or whatever. Well, that depends on your facts. It depends on what you're looking at. Because you can look at data. Like I had said, 25,000 cases, that's a lot. Well, not when you compare it to 230,000 cases. It all has to do with the context and how it's being framed. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that given the CDC's estimates of 8 to 10 cases for every one. Let's just go 10 because they previously had said 13. So 10 is a nice medium number. So for every confirmed case that we see in our world odometers and we see on our data collection sites, 
you're supposed to 10x that, which is, I mean, that's a lot when you're looking at the numbers. 10x is a lot. So we'll, just for the sake of argument, we'll say 10x. If you take the current number of cases, which as of today is 25,445,000 and change, times that by 10, that's 200... I don't know why my, my uh, Alexa earbud is talking to me. Sorry. Um, if you take that, that's 254 million cases. Add to that the number of people who have been inoculated with the COVID vaccine. That's about 270, let's just round up and say 275 million people have some form of either natural immunity or protection from this vaccine, vaccine even though it's technically not a vaccine by definition. Um, that means that 84% of the United States population has either been infected or injected. What did Dr. Fauci say was the threshold for herd immunity? Look at the cases dropping significantly. It would seem that we are reaching a threshold, a critical mass, as it were, for this vaccine, uh, I'm sorry, for this virus's presence in the United States. And that is why cases are starting to fall off, in addition to the fact that it's a seasonal virus to begin with, because most respiratory viruses are seasonal. So it's good news for us, bad news for those people who are making money off of this pandemic. All that information is researchable yourself. Don't take my word for it. Even if you do eight times the number of cases, we are still at two-thirds of the population either being infected or injected. And they originally said herd immunity was 70%. Now they're saying it could be up to 90%. Well, depending on which estimate you use, we could be right in that range. We'll especially be right in that range just in time for spring. So, take that information and spread it. Spread it like a virus. What's up, everybody? It is Monday, February 1st, 4.22 p.m. Tried to send out my email notification about my most recent podcast, episode 81, Another Deep Dive. And I got a notification from MailChimp, which is the uh, mailing server that I use, that uh, my account had been suspended. It said for violating their terms of use. Never got a warning. Was never told how I violated the terms of use. No information whatsoever. They just said that I could submit a, a form with questions. So I did. Um... So, censorship has started to hit even little nobodies like me who have fewer than 500 people signed up on their mailing list. Um, I honestly have no idea why it would have been suspended. I All I do is share links to articles that exist on the internet from verified websites. Um... I try to give information to people and allow them to make their own educated decisions on what's going on in the world. Um, but it seems that either someone reported my emails 
um, out of spite or uh, maybe I did something that I was not aware of that would have violated their terms of use. I don't know. I have no answers. But either way, it's pretty Orwellian to see something like that. You see it on a grand scale. Like you see, like obviously President Trump getting, you know, silenced. You got people getting removed from Twitter, YouTube all the time. But for someone like myself who is a nobody, I have no platform whatsoever. I just do this for anybody who wants to watch it to get a notification that my account, which I've been with MailChimp for five, four or five years, no issues whatsoever, and then one email I send, and every, it doesn't send the email, and it says that I violated her terms of use. No um, process to be reinstated or anything. It just says I can export my data. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> uh, hopefully I will get some type of explanation. And, uh, yeah, I just find it interesting. It's snowing outside. I don't know if you probably can't see it. There's a cat right there. But, um, we're supposed to get like 12 to 15 inches of snow. Didn't have rehearsal today as a result. And we have a delay tomorrow. Um, we're still on track to open on February 12th. Um, so, that's where we stand. What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Beautiful snow outside, you can see. We got, I wanna say, over a foot of snow in the area I live. Didn't see any actual reported totals, but just by shoveling it myself, that's what I came up with. Um, didn't have rehearsal yesterday, and then we had a half day today, so we don't, <clears throat> we normally start at 10, we're starting at two. Until seven o'clock tonight. Um, still no word from Mailchimp as to why they suspended my account. So, if any of you have recommendations about a mail service that will allow people to voice their political views, views that up until a couple weeks ago were not considered controversial. I should say up until a year ago weren't considered controversial. You know, like citing science and data, which is used to be what every decision was based based on in our country. Um, yeah, I'm looking for recommendations. Uh, thankfully, I don't make money doing this. So it's really no skin off my nose that they close my account. I just can't notify people about new episodes. That's really all I use it for try to educate people by sharing articles that I find interesting or informative. Um, so I'm not one of the many people who has built a business off of their audience and that has now been blocked from being able to earn a living and provide for their family because of some arbitrary decision by a scared company that has been bullied. And I heard someone say basically is that cancellation is the new bullying. Um, we, we talk about bullying in schools and how terrible it is and how people should not be allowed to bully verbally, abuse people, physically abuse people, demean them because of them being different or because of uh, how they look. 
teach our kids not to do that. And unfortunately, we grow up and do the very, very thing. We just do it digitally. So we, we feel, and we reward people who do it. And we celebrate it. And we see the mob mentality take over where people get a dopamine hit when they have somebody canceled. And they need to find the next target. It's a sick thing. Um, and it's a scary place to be in our country when any dissenting voice is silenced. It's not... Uh, it's not uh, argued or they don't find a way to disprove what you're saying outside of a collection of elites who want to control the narrative saying that they disproved it. But then when you actually dig deep into the fact check or whatever, you find that either one, the person was a partisan activist, two, they don't actually fact check it. They just say that it would, the information which was factual was being used in a misleading way. And why, by doing that, by flagging it, even though they're not saying that the information was inaccurate, by flagging it subconsciously, you believe that it's inaccurate. And because of these things, people have not learned how to defend their arguments because people have lived in bubbles that their ideology has been unchecked in the school system, in, in college and universities, Marxist ideology, uh, critical race thing, uh, theory, all this stuff has gone unchecked now because even on campuses, they've silenced dissenting voices for years. That's how Jordan Peterson became famous uh, was because he was one of the few outspoken people who thought that college should be a bastion of free speech, not, uh, not a place where free speech was censored. And now we're seeing that all over the country. It's really sad when you have other countries condemning US-based companies for censorship and for um, deplatforming and all this kind of stuff. It's really uh, an interesting time that we're living in. And the news media doesn't like the fact that so many people have been red-pilled and seen them for the liars and partisan hacks that they are. Um, so they need to silence conservative outlets. What they fail to recognize or acknowledge is that many of the things we now know to be fact were first reported by conservative news outlets and were called fake news by mainstream media. For instance, we knew a very long time ago from conservative news outlets that the evidence was not there for Russian collusion. And in fact, Hillary Clinton was involved in drumming up the story to take away attention from her email scandal. That has now been proven by declassified documents. But for four years, mainstream news media has claimed that the election in 2016 was illegitimate because of Russian collusion. They also thought that Trump behaved inappropriately by speaking to the Ukrainian government to find out what was going on with Hunter Biden. They impeached him over it. We now know they censored the New York Post. They blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story saying it was fake news or Russian disinformation. We now know that those things are legitimate. There are factual uh, there's factual information 
that show that Hunter Biden was involved in questionable relationships with other countries, was benefiting financially off the Biden name while Joe Biden was in office. There is, there is language in there that implies that Joe Biden was the front man of the organization and Hunter Biden was the bag man, um, that he knew exactly what his son was doing, even though he has denied it publicly, um, based on meetings and things that have happened and, and firsthand testimony from business partners, etc. But that was called a hoax by the mainstream media. Hydroxychloroquine, when the president spoke about it, the mainstream media worked overtime saying that it was dangerous, even though it's something that has been given to people regularly for 60 years safely. The Lancet Journal put out something saying that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous, which was questioned and then retracted because it was so false and they could not back up their statements. So now we see Facebook has actually reversed the decision to ban hydroxychloroquine information because it's being, the evidence is overwhelming that countries that have free access to hydroxychloroquine have fared better with the pandemic than countries that have blocked the use of hydroxychloroquine. Now, I understand that correlation isn't always causation. However, in the midst of a life-threatening pandemic, you would think that any available drug that could possibly be beneficial would be uh, a bit, they would have a right to use it if the doctor feels that it could actually have some benefit. The trouble was with hydroxychloroquine is that it was an affordable, easy, accessible, uh, easily accessible drug. Uh, whereas remdesivir cost thousands of dollars, all these other things that the treatments and the prophylactics and the vaccines, no one would benefit financially if hydroxychloroquine actually was useful in combating uh, severe symptoms. No one said it was end of the pandemic because hydroxychloroquine, but the fact that everybody worked overtime to censor doctors who were trying to give it to their patients in lieu of anything else available that was actually working, it should, it should just open your eyes. Uh, there are so many other things. Uh, let's see. Um, the fact that uh, voting was, uh, mail-in mail voting was condemned by Jimmy Carter. Um, 2016 election was uh, challenged by Democratic Congress people, and we are being sold a bill of goods now that to challenge the results of an election means you're uh, guilty of insurrection. <clears throat> My question is, is that if we put things in place that allow people to not question the results of the election, how can we ever know and trust that the election was done free and fairly. We're just supposed to take your word for it. We're just supposed to take the elected officials' word for it. Who are they accountable to, if not the people who speak up? No one has an answer for that question. We're just being told to silence ourselves. We're just being told to stay quiet and that we, we hate the country and we wanna undermine the democracy. It's the biggest bunch of bull. If you are taking away our ability to scrutinize our elected officials and the way they conduct themselves, then you lose the consent of the governed. This consent of the governed is how our country works. You might not like that. You might want the govern the governed to just consent to whatever you put in place once you get into a position of power. That's not how this country works. That's what we're trying to protect. We're trying to ensure. And I would hope that if the results, if Donald Trump had won the election, and 
I can almost guarantee you, one, there would be more violence in the streets than we see right now. I don't see any. January 6th was an anomaly. There's a lot of questions about who were actually involved in that. And I guarantee you every lawmaker would be pushing back against the results of the election. Every Democratic lawmaker would be. They're doing it in tiny races where Republicans won by slim margins. They're trying to overturn those results. So don't give me this, this nonsense about uh, not questioning the election when for four years I had to listen to the fact that Trump was not our president and he, he was in office illegitimately and all this stuff. You are so deluded in your bubble that you don't understand that you are guilty of everything you're accusing your opponent of being guilty of. That's all I care about. All I care about is being able to have free, open discussion where we can agree to disagree, where we can actually question things and the people are not in positions where they become untouchable and unaccountable. Isn't that what we want? It should be what we want. If you trust someone that you voted for blindly, then you, I have a bridge I'd like to sell you, whatever the saying is. You can't do it. You have to make them show the receipts. They must work on your behalf. They are people. They are flawed, just like you and me. Get your faith in something that is unchanging instead of something that is man-made. Stop putting your faith in a flawed, sinful, human institution because they will fail you, and they are failing us. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in the truth. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things that we should pursue. And if we are unable to talk through things and question things, then our country is in a really bad spot. I just wanted to list a few things because I, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about in terms of the hoaxes. Another one, conservative news has known for some time that it was likely that the virus leaked from a Wuhan lab. At the beginning of this pandemic, mainstream media outlets said that was a conspiracy theory. Without right-wing news, as it's called, conservative news, there is no one to push back against the narrative. Whether they're right or wrong, there should always be a counter-intelligence. Always. The other thing is that conservative news outlets have pointed to the fact that Dr. Fauci actually sent $3.7 million to the Wuhan lab and authorized gain-of-function experiments on coronaviruses. That's a fact. Mainstream media doesn't talk about that. So, the, there's the Hunter Biden stuff. We know that for a fact. The drink bleach hoax, which has been perpetrated by mainstream media. If you actually look at what Donald Trump said, he didn't say drink bleach. It's a hoax. But people say it as though he said it because it's said enough. The fine people hoax. Conservative news outlets have been pointing to the fact that Donald Trump didn't say there were fine people uh, with the neo-Nazis and all that stuff that they try to say. In fact, if you look at the transcript of the speech, he said, and I don't, I'm not talking about white supremacists and neo-Nazis who I condemn entirely. The fine people he was referring to were the people who didn't want the statues to come down. The people who were on the other side of the argument. Not the white nationalists and all that stuff. There are people who, for very justified reasons, 
don't want history to be taken down because it's a reminder so that that history never repeat, uh, repeats itself. That's why people oppose renaming things and removing statues. It has nothing to do with wanting to celebrate racists or bigots or anything like that. It's a reminder that there we still have a lot of work to do in our country. If you rewrite our history, then we can't learn from our history. That's the purpose of history. So we have all of these things. Uh, with the pandemic, uh, we have right-wing outlets were the ones who pointed out that Governor Cuomo was doing a terrible job. And what ended up happening was he was we were proven right. So... You know, his own attorney general put out a report saying that 50% more people died in nursing homes than actually were reported. And the guy has the gall, and this is what happens anytime a Democrat is challenged or questioned, they're so used to getting kid gloves from the media, anytime they're challenged or questioned on a decision, they're dismissive and insulting. Because they don't know what to do. They've never had to actually make a case. This is something that Rand Paul said about the whole impeachment joke. He said Democrats realize that without their boogeyman, Donald Trump, they might actually have to govern. They might actually have to, to convince the American people that their policies are the better ones. And I think they're scared because they know that their policies are largely unpopular. It's the truth. Hello, everybody. It is 5.55 on Thursday, February 4th, the three-year anniversary of an Eagles Super Bowl victory. Um, just leaving work. And it's crazy. It's 5.55, and you can see from the back there that there's still a little bit of daylight. So the days are getting longer. Yay. Also, there was... Or the cases continue to go down and continue to drop. If the numbers that I've seen for the last couple days hold, we'll see another like almost 20% drop in cases week over week. And we could fall below 50% of the case numbers that we were getting at the beginning of January. Uh, so that's good news. For some reason, we're, they're, they're still acting like it's getting worse, even though the exact opposite is true. The CDC came out and said that schools can reopen safely without vaccinating teachers, which should leave many teachers' unions befuddled and frustrated because they can't manipulate parents uh, with no science and data supporting their stance of staying home and working virtually. wonder how they're going to respond to that. Um, I think Biden's starting to feel the heat a little bit from the public that... Um, he might be too cozy with the teachers' union, so they're trying to. Some of the the leadership is trying to gain some goodwill by saying, "Hey, yeah, kids can be in schools," because they know that no school district that is run by the teachers' unions is going to change what they're doing. They're not going to put these kids back in school, even though it's detrimental to their mental and emotional growth and health. Anyway, that's not what this video is supposed to be about. Uh, sorry. Uh, we had our first 
full dress rehearsal, not makeup, but with costumes. And we got through it very quickly, so I'm on my way home now. And, uh, yeah, I feel positive. I'm in a good mood. Oh, I did hear, I finally heard back from MailChimp. And they basically said, we looked into this, it was done automatically by our software, blah, blah, blah. So then there was all these questions that I had to answer about how do I get my contacts and how do I, what is the purpose of my account, all this kind of stuff. So I answered them to the best of my ability. Basically, the way I've gotten people on my email list is either signing them up in person at live events that I did for Discover Spring Forward, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or if they've communicated with me via email in the past. Um, or if they purchased something from me or they signed up on my website, whatever. What I'm hoping is that they will point out that if I did something wrong, that I was unaware that it was wrong, that they'll just say, hey, you can't do this. Um, maybe I you know, had too many people unsubscribing at a certain time, so it automatically flags it as spam or something. I have no idea. Um, but I'm hoping that I get some type of resolution that I can resume. And, you know, if people don't want my emails, they can freely unsubscribe from them. Like, I don't care. I mean, it bothers me. It does hurt my feelings deep down where I'm, I'm soft and, and vulnerable. But uh, I can get over it. <laughs> I'm tough, man. I get over it. Yeah, anything else? Oh, no, just typical stuff, you know. The media being corrupt and us not knowing the full story. All that stuff that's all the same. So I'm not going to rehash it all. See ya.